Well, you may notice that we have our new TV over in the wing. Is it on right now? Just blank, right? Okay. I just put a, a blank there. The only problem that we have so far with it is that when I turn this one off, that one doesn't go off. So I was here yesterday and I thought, well, I'll take this little gadget here and figure it out. Well, I lost the whole thing. Took me 30 minutes to get back to where I started, and I thought, I think I'll leave it there. So somebody that is more technically minded than me is going to have to figure that out. So I just put a blank page up there for right now. Okay, let's prepare ourselves this morning in our usual fashion. We'll have a few moments of silent prayer. During that time, we have the opportunity to name privately the God the Father, the unconfessed sins which ensures the filling of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your grace that You give us another day. We can redeem the time by focusing, concentrating on Your mighty Word. We live in a time that is full of darkness and despair, and yet we have that hope, that absolute confidence that You will sustain us, that You will take us home someday, and that You have given us the possibility of great rewards and decorations depending upon the decisions that we make now. So we pray that you will help us to concentrate, for we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. You know, I was thinking about um, unconditional love for all mankind on the way to church this morning, and I thought some people may think that uh, that is a kind of a beginner type doctrine, that just about anybody when they first get started could handle that one. And this is the eighth floor of the divine domain. That means it's only two from the top. So it reminds us that this is not a, a little fundamental doctrine, really. You have to have a lot under your belt, spiritually speaking, before you are able to get along with other people. Uh, that's a hard job to do sometimes. Uh, most of us are tested every single day with regards to other people. And so we start thinking about, well, what would happen if we don't use unconditional love? If our love for God does not spill over into unconditional love for all men, all men then what would happen? Now, I hid this. I, it was, took a long time to come up. I don't know if it's going to come up, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, let's see which one it is. That's not it. It's trying to connect. I don't even have a connection. There it is. Okay, I got it. There you go. Y'all can see it over there. (laughs) 
before it's not turned on. <laughs> okay. In a few minutes, I'll look like him. <laughs> see, y'all don't see it yet. They got a preview. I, I did everything right except I didn't turn it on. There it goes. Okay. When this image comes up, you'll know what I feel like. <laughs> okay. Patience. Now you see. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. This is what can happen when you don't have unconditional love. Or when you forgot to turn the computer on. Or whatever that thing is up there. Where's the RMA? You ever look like this? Ever done this? No unconditional love there. This one, this next one, I couldn't help. I just thought that it would make a uh, a good Listerine commercial. <laughs> if I was into advertising and I was had Listerine, I'd certainly get that one going. New way to argue. I think she's got out doing him. She's got a, a bullhorn, blowhorn, what do they call it? Ever feel like doing this? Or maybe this? I could go on and on, but that's you get the point. And I'm going blank for their side over there, so it won't be distracting. So unconditional love is something that if you don't have, you're going to pay the consequences in a lot of different ways. Usually people that aren't thinking, they don't have divine viewpoint, what happens to them is they simply go by their emotions. And emotions can completely take over to where you wind up looking like one of those pictures up there. And I know that you all all look very pious and very sweet this morning, but I know that every one of you can identify with at least some of those pictures. And whenever you look like that, whenever you're not thinking, whenever you're not applying the doctrines that you've learned, then you are in carnality and you're going backwards and you can do some really silly, stupid things. So what we're studying about this unconditional love is something that you're going to use every single day and that you desperately need. And so I think what we'll do is kind of pick up where we were last time. I was giving you principles. And these principles are so important, I'm just going to put them on the board. Do a little bit of a review here. Okay. 
There you go. We're just going to fly through these because we already went through them, but I think this might be helpful to you anyway to see it again. With regards to unconditional love, it is commanded, but personal love is not commanded. Personal love just comes natural when someone treats you kind, when you have a rapport with them. If they are giving off the right vibes for you, then you naturally are attracted to them. That's not commanded. It happens automatically. But unconditional love, when someone treats you in an offensive way, that's when you are commanded to continue to love them, which means don't have any mental attitude sins against them. Switch to unconditional love or impersonal love. And in that case, you are operating on God's standards. The second point is impersonal love is a relaxed mental attitude towards the entire human race. I hope all of you have a relaxed mental attitude this very moment because if you don't, you're not going to be concentrating on the Word. You're not going to get the principles and you're going to continue to just stew, uh, go over in your mind about whatever problem it is, whoever you're angry at, seeking revenge. Number three, personal love is about man's ego. And unconditional love is about man's virtue. The virtue actually are the spiritual dynamics that you've developed over a period of time that enables you to love those who are really not worthy of your love. One of those first spiritual dynamics, of course, is the filling of the Holy Spirit. That means that you are able to love these other people not based on your own ability, not on your power, but God's power. He enables you to do what you normally would not be able to do. Fourth point here, we never have unconditional love for others until first we have love for God because we have no natural motive within our sinful selves to love everyone. You can love some. There are those that you're attracted to that you are going to love. But to love everyone, whenever someone is uh, makes a nasty remark, whenever someone... Uh, cuts in front of you in line whenever you're in traffic and boy that's that's the, the best one I can think of constantly people are doing things and you have to be able to keep an RMA and you know what if you keep an RMA a relaxed mental attitude you're going to be a healthier person because your blood pressure is going to stay lower those blood vessels are not going to constrict you're not going to have the acidity in your body that generates when you're angry uh, there's just a number of things that happen that will help you be a healthier person just by using unconditional love. The fifth point is an imperative that we learn and use unconditional love because if we don't, our relationships simply will not last. You have to be able to switch to the integrity and virtue in your own soul when it's lacking in others to maintain relationships. Number six, unconditional love is not emotional. Emotions were designed to appreciate relationships with others, but they were never designed to establish or maintain them. Love is thought, not an emotion. There's nothing wrong with emotions, but the emotions essentially just come along for the ride. It's the thinking that will carry a relationship because that's what true love is. Number seven, our capacity to our capacity to love increases as our impersonal or our unconditional love increases. 
You can love people that no one else loves, those that everybody uh, doesn't like. I remember when I was in the workplace, especially in the office, they had a little coffee uh, alcove. And everybody at certain times of the day would go in there and have a coffee break. Well, they should have renamed it. It should have been um, uh, let's skew somebody that they that everybody doesn't like. They usually pick someone that is uh, maybe doesn't have the social skills. Uh, maybe they're not. Uh, they don't have the gifts of gab. They might have a hard time making friends. And so they say that that should be. Let's, that's the roasting pit. Because that's where people go. And of course, when the person isn't there, they don't do it in front of the person. And you know you're in trouble. Whenever you walk into the room and everybody's there and it just gets quiet, all of a sudden, you probably were the target. So, the capacity to even love them will increase as you develop these spiritual dynamics, this one being unconditional love. Number nine, the durability of personal love depends on the function of impersonal love or unconditional love. I hope you understand that. That's what I'm trying to say. You all have relationships. You're probably sitting by someone that you have a relationship with of some kind. And that relationship, for it to endure, it is absolutely dependent upon at least one of you, or hopefully both of you, understanding unconditional love. And I'm talking, many of you are sitting by your spouse. That goes for your spouse also. You have to be able to switch to that unconditional love whenever uh, there's a dispute, whenever there's a disagreement. Whatever it may be, if you don't do that, then it's going to escalate. The emotions take over, and the next thing you know, somebody's dialing 911. <laughs> yeah, y'all giggle. Christians do that every single day. I'm talking about people, churchgoers, who know a lot better. They don't understand. They've never been taught. They are required to love the other person based on their integrity. All they have ever heard is that uh, don't get mad, get even. And once those emotions kick in and the adrenaline is all in the blood, uh, if someone doesn't stop emoting and start thinking, many times uh, there's bloodletting. Number ten. The old sin nature in all of us seeks unconditional love from others, but offers only conditional love in return. I wonder if there's anybody in this whole group that's ever uh, can identify with that. <laughs> like everybody, right? That's what we want from everyone else. Uh, you look over, look, don't pay any attention. To, to my weaknesses, to my shortcomings, to my foibles. But boy, if you have any, look out. Because I've got a magnifying glass and I've got a clipboard and I'm ready to give you a list. Number 11, this is the last one that we're going over that we've already done before, and that unconditional love excludes retaliation, revenge, prejudice, discrimination, arrogance, hatred, self-righteousness, Self-pity, jealousy, implacability, vindictiveness, slander, gossip, maligning, manipulating, and judging. And that's the short list. If you want a larger list than this, go into the library and look at the sins list. Um, for some reason, for many years, that sin list 
was number one on the hit parade on our website. Our webmaster has a way of looking and seeing what, how many people go to the site, where they're from, and what do they look at the most. And it was the sin list. And I, I was just kind of curious about that. Are they, are they doing something that they're not sure whether it's a sin or not, so they're checking the list if they can get by with it? I don't know what it is, but a lot of people were interested in that sin list. Okay, now I said that the unconditional love is commanded. So now we're going to go to some scriptures that will substantiate that. I'm going to have them on the board, but I'll give you time to turn to them in your Bibles. Here's the first one here. Is John chapter 15, verse 12 and 17. John chapter 15, verse 12, and then we'll go to verse 17. If I was you, right next to these verses in large letters in the margin, I would put U-L or else I-L, impersonal love or unconditional love, Whichever you, you like, whatever floats your boat. But then when you're going through your Bible and you're looking for a verse, you'll have it right there in your margin. So John chapter 15, verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now we're going to see some other commandments that we should love others as we love ourselves. But this one is Jesus Christ is commanding us to love others as He loved us. Now, how did He love us? Did did Jesus Christ go to the cross for you because you're so special? Because you are just uh, such a wonderful person? What does the Bible say that we are? It says we are, uh, our, our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can know it? So Jesus Christ loved us unconditionally. He did the ultimate on our behalf. And He commands us to have that for others. That would be anybody that you come in contact with. And I submit to you, you cannot do that on your own power. You better have those other floors in place, especially the filling of the Holy Spirit. Rebound is filling of the Holy Spirit. Or you'll be trying to do it on your own power and it will not work. This is my commandment that you love one another. As I have loved you. Now skip down to verse 17 and put that same, those same initials there also in your margin at verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. Do you see any exceptions to this? Do you see anything that would qualify this statement? Like, I command you that you love one another as long as they don't go too far. Or, I command you to love one another unless it's your (laughs) mother-in-law. There are mother-in-laws out there that are wonderful. I'm just... You get the point. There's no conditions up there. It just says, do it. All right, the next one is in Galatians 5.14. I'll give you time to go there. And each 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 time we go to one of these, again, put in the initials, U-L or I-L in the margin so you'll remember this is another unconditional love verse. 
The entire law. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to wait for you all to get there. Galatians 5.14, the entire law is summed up in a single commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law. Do you know how many laws there were in the Mosaic law? More than ten, not just the ten commandments. Hundreds of laws, several hundreds of laws. And this says the entire law is summed up in a single commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, if everybody was doing that, we could empty all the prisons and start turning them into churches. Wouldn't that be great? Is that going to happen? No. Why? Because people have their old sin natures and they don't know any doctrine and they don't want to know any doctrine. They just want to have it their way. Here's the next one, Mark chapter 12, verse 30, verse 30 and 31. Mark 12, 30. At first glance, you think this might be the first commandment. It looks similar. The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. Mark 12, 30 through 31. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. That was the, that was the first commandment, but it's not talking about the Ten Commandments. The second one, the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Again, we hear that same command. There is no other commandment greater than these. And these are not found in the Ten Commandments. So the next time that someone trots out the Ten Commandments and they think that the way that you are to live your life is through the Ten Commandments, and I'm not dismarching in any way the Ten Commandments. I mean, that they're, they're fine. We should live our lives according to at least nine of the Ten Commandments. Uh, all Those nine Ten Commandments, by the way, are repeated in the New Testament for us to obey. The only one that isn't is obey the Sabbath and keep it holy. Because we don't worship on the Sabbath anymore. And today is not the Sabbath. Saturday is the Sabbath. The Sabbath. But this says that these are there is no greater commandment than these. So that would tell me that these are at least on a par, if not superior, to the Ten Commandments. So we're to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. The next one is Romans 13.8. Romans 13.8. You know, there's a lot of people that think that 
by going uh, to the Ten Commandments and obeying them, that they can fulfill the law, they can uh, be right before God. But it's really much easier than that. And most of these people couldn't tell you that ten, all Ten Commandments if their life depended on it anyway. Romans 13.8 Oh, no man anything but to love one another, for he that loves another has fulfilled the law. And this love isn't an emotional, gushy type love. This is a thinking type of love. This is loving someone who is not nice to you. Someone who has offended you. Someone who has tried to harm you or hurt you in some way. You fulfill the law, law when you love that person unconditionally by not retaliating. Putting him in the Lord's hands. Praying for that person. Not having any mental attitude sins of vindictiveness or vengeance or anything. Y'all ready for the next one? James 2.8. Talking about the royal law. What is the royal law? Keep putting the UL in the margin. James 2.8, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. A lot of times there are gray areas and we're not sure whether we're doing the right thing or not. Well, there's an easy way to be able to tell, and that would be love your neighbor as yourself. Now, your neighbor can be anyone. So are you treating someone else, whoever you have a relationship, are you treating them right? That's the question. And if you are, then you're fulfilling the royal law. What if you're not? What if you're not treating someone right the way they should be treated? You're not using unconditional love. What should you do? What is it? It's the sin, isn't it? Some mental attitude sin you have? Some overt sin, sin of the tongue, whatever it may be. You simply acknowledge that to Jesus, uh, to God the Father. And when you acknowledge that sin, then it is forgiven instantly. It's behind you. Forget about it and move on. That's the solution. Now you're filled with the Holy Spirit as a believer and you can start learning more about God's Word and you can apply what you've learned. We're royal family. We're intimately united to Jesus Christ in a way that no other people have ever been. And we have a royal law. And the royal law, in it, when, you, when you distill it down to its most uh, common denominator, it's to love everyone else just as you would have them love you. That's the idea. The next one is 1 John 4, 20 and 21. First John, that's way back there. You have Revelation and then Jude 
And then Third John, Second John, and First John. I'm going backwards from the end, from the back. First John. John wrote the Gospel of John, and he also wrote three epistles that are recorded. First John 4:20. If someone says, "I love God and hates his brother," he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. See, again, we say these are in the imperative moods. That's all you have, but it's actually spelling it out. These are commandments. That's why we have to love God first. That's why the seventh floor of the divine domain has to do with personal love towards God because it's that love towards God, that devotion, that respect that enables us to love the unlovely, those who are really hard to love, in some cases impossible to love. When we love God and we're doing it because we want to please God, we want to be obedient to God, and the filling of the Holy Spirit enables us to do that. Y'all still putting you out? Okay, Matthew chapter 7. I purposely did not put these order. Canonically, that is. I want you to flip through and find these things. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them, for this is the law and the prophets. And then you can turn to this one if you have time, but I put these two together because look how similar they are. Again, Matthew seven twelve. Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them, for this is the law and the prophets. Then Luke six thirty one. And just as you want people to treat you, treat them in the same way. Isn't it saying essentially the same? So in Matthew 7:12 you might mark in the margin Luke 6:31 so you'll see that's a sister verse it's a parallel. And then when you go to Luke 6:31 you want to write MAT if you want to be a little more particular put MATT.712. Who was it? I knew someone in there. Yeah, I remember who it was. <laughs> Their last name was Matthews. And they spelled it with one T. They said they couldn't afford that other T. This is what we call, look, the golden rule. And look, the golden rule is golden. (laughs) The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Isn't that the golden rule? Those exact words aren't in Scripture, but certainly the, the, the content is there. The meaning is there. That's what we're to do. We're to love others as we would have them love us. Okay, what I'm going to do is go back through these and give them to you quickly. Just make sure you have them all. I don't want to go there. John 15, 12 and 17. 
Galatians 5:14, Mark 12:30 and 31, Romans 13:8, James 2:8, Matthew 7:12 and 6, uh, Luke 6:31. Did I miss the third, first John? Yeah, first John 4:20 20 and 21. I believe that's enough scriptures for us to realize that uh, God expects us to love others the way that Christ loved us. Okay, now we're going to have some new ground that we haven't done. We're going to finish this, hopefully finish this today if I keep percolating here. Unconditional love, but there's about... uh, Eight more principles, so I'm going to have to go fairly quickly. This is point number 12, just concluding where we had gone before. Point number 12, unconditional love solves problems, whereas personal love manufactures problems. Personal love complicates life by combining two old sin natures and the problems of two people, which can be a problem. (laughs) You know where this really kicks in? You have an idea where this really kicks in. <laughs> That's right. Whenever you trip down the aisle, marriage is a tough nut, and one reason is because you've taken two old sin natures and combined them. And the people who think, "Oh, marriage is the panacea. If I could just get married, everything would be great." And what you've done is taken your old sin nature and all of your problems and you've gone and linked them to another person with their old sin nature and all their problems and you combine them together and you're under the same roof forever. Well, not forever, but for a long time. So you have to have something more than just the attraction of someone else for it to work. Thirteen, a lack of reciprocation in personal love intensifies frustration and delusionment and usually results in conflict. Whether it's a wife, whether it's a son, a daughter, a friend, whoever it is, when you're in a relationship, when there is a lack of reciprocal love, when you go out of your way to be nice to someone, you've done something special and they don't appreciate it, they might even be offensive. Some, I know guys can do that and not even try. I mean, all we have to do is just show up and we're already, we've, we've lost it. But we weren't sensitive in some area. We should have noticed something or said something or whatever it is. And there you go. We didn't reciprocate like the uh, lady would like us to. And there we are. We're in trouble. And, of course, I think the ladies, I'm sorry, ladies, I think you'll agree that you are a little more calculating in this. It's it's not that uh, you are necessarily uh, just by nature this happens. I think there's a calculation. But I won't go any further than that. I'll just leave it there. I read body language. All the ladies were relaxed like that, and then they start. (laughs) 
Number 14, unconditional love does not involve personal feelings or emotions. It is characterized by sensitivity, thoughtfulness, courtesy, and good manners towards others, even when they don't deserve it. Families should be every single day in every little way show exemplary manners and courtesy to one another. If you don't do it, then it will degenerate into just like a bunch of cave people bumping into one another and grunting and growling at one another. That's what some families are like. Especially these days, they don't even talk. They don't communicate. If it wasn't for the school picture, they wouldn't even recognize who their children are. The, the parents usually aren't at home when the kids come home from school. And when they are there, they're up in their room with the computer or the TV or some kind of device in their ear. Or they're texting or doing something else. A lot of, this is the norm for a lot of families. The father comes home with the fast food. They put, he puts it on the table and everybody comes in and gets their food and goes their own way and nobody even talks to each other. What a shame. And so this, this uh, applies the manners and, this, and the courtesy. Thank you. Please. If you don't mind. I'd like to go more on that, but I don't have time. Number 15. Bible doctrine in the soul is stronger than the ugliness and the unkindness of others. Do you believe that? Huh? You better believe it. Because if you don't, you're going to be manipulated by every so-and-so out there. It builds the virtue and integrity of unconditional love and exceeds the unattractiveness in the worst kinds of people. The Word of God circulating in your stream of consciousness is more powerful than the wickedness and the thoughtlessness and the nastiness and the ugliness of the worst people. That's what you have when you continue to take in the Word of God. It's that powerful. It doesn't matter how offensive someone may be. It's not as strong as the divine power that is inside of you that you can use. This is, you notice this is underlined. Don't ever doubt the power of God's Word. It is much powerful than the pettiness and the thoughtlessness and the insensitivity and all the other things that uh, people have. Number 16. Since unconditional love is a spiritual function, it cannot be duplicated by unbelievers or by carnal believers. You know what you see in that point? A carnal believer can act just like an unbeliever. Oh, they're saved. They're going to heaven. But you'd never, you'd never guess it by their behavior. So most, most people would recognize, okay, yeah, I understand this about the unbeliever, but carnal believers? That's right. It's a spiritual function, and a carnal believer is carnal. They're not spiritual. Even though they have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, they do not have the filling of the Holy Spirit, which puts them in a category on a par with unbelievers as far as their behavior is concerned. Point 18. All human relations, relationships depend upon unconditional love. All of them. It cannot be developed by gritting your teeth and making yourself be nice to people you don't like 
or who rub you the wrong way. You can't just force it. It can only be developed by growing spiritually as you advance through the floors of the divine domain. As you grow spiritually, you are going to acquire the skills, the procedures, the thinking, the power it takes to rise above all of the ugliness that is in this world, especially when it has to do with other people. Have you been on the phone and somebody just... In, in businesses these days, what's with that? You talk to somebody that is a representative of a business and they talk to you in a condescending way? They talk to you in a way that is offensive? I don't know how anybody stays in business when they have these kind of people. But you run into them all the time, don't you? As much as you'd like to just go through that phone and, you know, what what was that that got like this? You have to just, see, that's the emotions taking over. You have to say, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to think. I can't do that. I'm an ambassador of the Most High. That's not the royal family honor code. That's not the royal law. Oh, yeah, I've got to back off. Not only do I not seek revenge, I have to be nice to this person. And it has to be genuine. Not just pretend. Lord, help me because I can't do it. Isn't that right? Huh? Number 19. No one can afford to depend on others to be happy. Did you hear that? No one can afford to depend on others to be happy, but if you haven't developed unconditional love, that is exactly what happens. You're going down the freeway, and someone cuts in front of you. They cut you off, and they wave with you, and wave at you, and they don't have but one finger up, and you just ah, oh, I'm the one that should be offended. Look what that. <laughs> You know what has just happened? This jerk in the car in front of you just took away your happiness. You allowed him to manipulate you to the point to where now you're not happy anymore. Whose fault is it? Huh? (laughs) You know. We want to point, that guy. If he just hadn't done that, no. We have to stop and start thinking. If you haven't tried this, it is phenomenal. I have been in Houston traffic and it works. You just, the muscles start relaxing. And you just, no adrenaline pumping through there. Your eyes aren't like wild. And I've actually just, thank you, Lord. Do you really think that it's a good idea to depend on someone else for your happiness? Wouldn't you like to depend upon the Lord for your happiness? Other people control you to the extent that you lack unconditional love. Other people. And a lot of people are unhappy. And they don't know why. Because they've never been taught or trained about what God has us to do. Because when you have unconditional love, don't worry about whoever it is that offended you. What are we, do, what are we supposed to do with them? 
Put them in the Lord's hands. Lord, that's your business. I am not the judge and the executor of everyone on earth. It's not up to me. That's in your bailiwick. That's, I'll leave you to handle that. What I'm to do is to remember the doctrine and thank you for allowing that person not to rob me of my happiness and contentment. Boy, this is very powerful. And to the degree that you lack that, other people are going to steal your happiness. And the next time you're just, oh boy, you're really down. And it has to do with people. Remember that. You've allowed someone to rob you of your happiness because you're not using unconditional love. Number 20. Unconditional love does not mean that one must endure or tolerate abuse or anything that might cause harm. Nor is anyone required to be a party to anything illegal or immoral in order to comply with the principles of unconditional love. You understand that? There's a limit to unconditional love. You want to tolerate. You want to be congenial. However, when someone would try to abuse you or harm you or have you do something illegal or whatever, you can tell them, hit the road, Jack. We're not required to tolerate that type of thing. If someone is really abusive to you, I'm not saying when someone makes a catty remark. Y'all heard this catty remark? I don't know where it came from. A snide remark. When they're, you know, this, uh, just use words and body language that's offensive. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when someone, when you're in danger, when they threaten your well-being, whether it be physically or whatever else, or try to get you into something that is immoral or illegal, you don't go there. You don't love them to that extent. We have every right to. What should you do? Let me put it this way. If you're after church, you're going to H-E-B and you have to pick up a few groceries. And you're a lady. And some guy comes by and tries to grab your purse or tries to shove you into a car. What should, what should happen? We should, be, we should be seeing him, his picture in the paper, but no one can recognize him. He looks like he was just put through a meat grinder. You understand what I'm saying? You don't give unconditional love to criminals that would harm you or your family or try to get you into something that is untoward. So that's the limit to it. And remember I said how important discernment is? What happens is a lot of people will take an offhand remark or something that is done and they'll act as if it's a, a criminal offense when we should let that go. But if someone is threatening your health, your well-being, your, your life, well, then you can talk to them in more than one way. Sometimes you can let something you're carrying do the talking. Whatever that may be. It may be mace. <laughs> it might be a taser. Or it could be something with a number behind it. Turn to Luke chapter 6, verse 31. We're going to end on this. Luke chapter 6, verse 31. 
By the way, those numbers would be numbers like 45s and 38s. And if you were wondering. <laughs> okay, Luke chapter 6. Verse 31, put a U-L here, unconditional love, or impersonal love, I-L, one or the other. And just as you want people to treat you, treat them in the same way. And if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. By the way, I have marked in my Bible here that first, verse 32, that if is a first class conditional clause, meaning if and they were doing that. Verse 33 is the third class conditional clause. Maybe you'll do it and maybe you won't. Be good to those who do good to you. What credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. Verse 34, we have another third class conditional clause there, meaning if, maybe yes, maybe no. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lead, but lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. Let me just put it this way. If you're going to loan money to a friend or to a, to a relative, why would you ever charge interest? That would, I mean, they can go to the bank, a stranger, and do that. This is, this is not, uh, well, I'll just, I'll just go on. Verse 35. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He Himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Now, in that verse where it says, He Himself, that's referring to Jesus Christ, so you might put capital J, capital C, period there. I just want to linger for just one moment on verse 35, because this is, this is something it says, but love your enemies. The enemies that it's talking about there are those in your uh, social surroundings. This, is, this isn't talking about war and killing the enemy. That's another issue altogether. When soldiers are in war, their duty is to kill the enemy, not to love them. This is in a social sense. We're to love our enemies. And do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Look at this. And your reward will be great. What if you don't do these things? Does that keep you out of heaven? Of course not. The whole idea is what are you going to be like after this life? What's waiting for you then? What is your resurrection body going to look like? What are the privileges and opportunities that you're going to have in heaven? All these are dependent upon whether you're doing these things now. That is being showing love to your enemies and not charging interest and that type of thing. And it says, and you will be sons of the Most High. 
Uh-oh. Up jumped the devil. <laughs> what does that mean? Are we, is it conditioned, let me put it this way. For us to be sons of the Most High, do we have to do these things? Absolutely not. You're a son of the Most High or a daughter of the Most High when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have time to develop it now, but there's, there's a, a, more than one verse that says to be sons indeed. There are sons, and then there are sons indeed. These are sons that have a relationship with the Lord. There are, they are sons indeed. There are, are sons who have no relationship with the Father. They're still sons, but they're not sons indeed. And that's what this is talking about. For He Himself is kind to the ungrateful and evil men. So it says, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful, and do not judge, and you will not be judged. That's a good point to end on, isn't it? Don't judge, and you won't be judged. Because that's what we're prone to do. That brings us to the end of unconditional love. Next time we're going to start the ninth floor of the divine domain. And then we've only got one more. The penthouse. That's where everybody wants to be. And that is plus H. Sharing the happiness of God. Everybody wants to be happy. You know, note in the... Declaration of Independence that says that we have the a right to pursue happiness. It doesn't say we have a right to be happy. We can pursue it. Most people aren't happy because they don't have a clue what happiness is. But we'll get to that soon enough. I'd like everyone please now to bow your heads, close your eyes. The last portion of this service is devoted to anyone who might be here without Jesus Christ and without hope. Jesus Christ went to the cross. For your sins. He died. He was buried and was resurrected. Now He offers eternal life to anyone who will trust Him and Him alone for it. No works. No room for your good. Your, your good does not count with regards to God. He only takes that which is perfect. And that was the perfect atonement by the perfect man on the cross. So in a moment of time right now, you can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. In that moment, you are born again. And then it's an issue of what are you going to do with the time that is left to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for this time you've given us to focus on these principles that are so, so important. For without them, we, we will live a life of unhappiness and misery, confusion, not knowing why we're that in that condition, not knowing what's next. We're so thankful for Your mighty Word that explains us all to us and the Holy Spirit that is the true communicator which opens our soul to it. So we pray that we will focus on these things for we pray it in Christ's most high and holy name. Amen.